everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. Last week was so much. Like, everything happened so much last week. This week should be slightly better. <laughs> well, we don't have nearly as many matches, right? We have two less. There's five games because we have a midweek game tomorrow. We'll get to that in a minute. But Gab, what are you drinking? I am drinking a bright cider um, in my office because I haven't gone home yet <sighs> because that is my life right now. Um, what are you enjoying? Where are you enjoying it? Probably at home. I'm drinking water in my home office to offset the sodium that I had over dinner. I was kind of glued to my desk all day. I raced out. I ate a giant ramen dinner full of salt raced home and now i'm chugging water i want a ramen dinner full of salt it was really good it was spicy maybe, ramen too. maybe that's what i need to do after this is go have a ramen dinner full of salt <laughs> <laughs> dude we have so many matches all right let's get to the salt right away <laughs> well the salt let's let's get to to the wild and crazy action that was north carolina versus orlando seven goals Seven goals. Count them. I know you will. And they're kind of, they're not spaced out over the full 92. It starts in the 32nd with Jess McDonald, and then Ubogugu, Dabinia, Mewis, Kennedy, Hill, and last minute McDonald. Like... It was ridiculous. Yeah. It was a ridiculous match, and I can't believe that was just a week ago. I like that we're having games like this now you know remember in the beginning when we were making score predictions and every single game was like one zero zero one we were like god and now <laughs> it's like well you said you were bored so why why do you think that is do you think it's this like mid-season thing where players have goalkeepers figured out do you think it's goalkeeper fatigue do you think it's defense fatigue like I'm, I seriously am a little perplexed as to why we're seeing this upward trend of goals being scored. Yeah, a little bit is Orlando getting all their pieces aligned up. And, and I don't think it's uh, North Carolina particularly, you know, maybe the defense just had one of those days. It's their usual. It was Matthias, Dahlkemper, Urseg, Hinkle. Maybe everybody's just kind of waiting for the FIFA break. I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe it was just one of those games. Just one of those games. I, I don't know either. I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's just like, oh, that was a match. Okay, well, this is a Wednesday game. Orlando, North Carolina. North Carolina had just played Saturday, so they were tired. But Orlando, Orlando this was May 23rd. And Orlando's last game before that was May 12th. They had a big, long rest, so they should have been taking this to North Carolina. So I could see Orlando racking up goals because North Carolina's tired. And then North Carolina turns around and is like, no, 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 You know, doing their North Carolina thing. That very Paul Riley, remember when he was with the coach of the Thorns and he was like, my strategy this season is if they score four, we'll score five? Yeah, I don't remember when Paul Riley was coach of the Thorns. Oh, I'm sorry. I must be mistaken in my memory. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I do remember that strategy. That's very North Carolina mindset. So in that sense, this is a very North Carolina game. Well, it's a very Paul Riley game. Yeah, let's be that's a more that's a better way to put it. Um, I want to look at the shot stats. 
So the score is four to three, but North Carolina twenty six shots, Orlando seven. So that that's even an even more North Carolina game. That's yes. that's been their story all season. They have to take uh-huh. six, seven, eight shots to put one ball in. I mean, they just they muscle it in. Yeah, twenty six you know? shots, nine on goal. Orlando seven shots, three on goal. So for Orlando, almost half of their shots are on frame, right? For Orlando, mm-hmm. nine out of twenty six, thirty. That's that's a little over thirty three percent. Not great. And outnumbering Orlando two to one in crosses. <laughs> <laughs> what about those fouls? Yeah, ten fouls for NC, six fouls for Orlando. So I'm looking at the box score as well. Uh-huh. Do you see what they call offside? Oh, with a little S on the end? A little S on the end. <sighs> I mean, it's plural. How many offsides there were, yeah. So yeah, maybe that's, that's, that's what it is. It's like crosses and corners and shots. Shots, Actually, shots, shots. it's not soccer, it's football. No, it's, well, it's football. You know. We do the best we can. <laughs> That's that should be Endersell's new motto. Like other other leagues, like NBA's watch me work. Endersell's is we do the best we can. <laughs> Fully bought in. Uh you need to tell somebody in like social media or marketing about that? Yeah, sure. I'll I'll you know what? I'll I'll call up um the head of A and E. I'll get them on the line. That like, sounds perfect. I'm sure you have direct direct access there. Definitely. Okay, the next game... They're not screening their calls at all. <laughs> Specifically screening me. Carly Lloyd yes. told them. <laughs> oh my god, you know she did. Washington Spirit 1, Sky Blue 0. Opposite. Sky Blue is just having a season. <sighs> the new Boston, I guess. Well, they're your new love. Sorry, homie. I... Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of... I'm actually really kind of emotionally attaching to Houston right now, despite oh, okay. their stupid is it coach situation. Is, is, uh, you know. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Mm. Yeah, I talk about opposite of Orlando and North Carolina in that, yes, these two teams were matched, but in the opposite way of Orlando yes. and the courage. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Two good teams in that one, and then for Spirit, Sky Blue, two struggling teams. Scrappy? Scrappy? Sure. Scrappy. scrappy scrappy doesn't necessarily need to be a negative term you know sky blue is scrappy i don't know that the spirit are that scrappy no they're not but they are able to hang in there and then you know pull one out at the end to a certain extent so this is a wednesday game everybody's rotating but spirits start off with kind of a full strength 11 they've got quinn in there pew hatch or dega benini sullivan meanwhile sky blue rotates their um, starting front three, it leaves out McCaskill and Groom. So their front three is Janine Becky, Katie Johnson, and Madison Tiernan. So I was a little surprised, you know, they didn't get pinned back more and, you know, beaten by more by the Washington Spirit, who are having their own friggin' problems. It seems like the Spirit, though, have had more matches this year. The Spirit have played 10 matches, whereas Sky Blue has only played eight. So I could see that being an issue for them. They were relatively matched defensively. I mean, Spirit, are sh- they're showing three shots on goal, while Sky Blue is showing four shots on goal. 
a better percentage than Washington, three out of fourteen yes. versus four out of ten. I I really am puzzled why Sky Blue hasn't scored a little bit more, not a lot more, but don't they feel like they should have two or three more goals under their belt by now? I mean, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they feel what what does their coach say that they've been unlucky? Yeah. Like when you're oh, what are they? Oh seven one. When you're oh seven and one, that goes a little bit beyond unlucky. Mm. I mean, I think Denise Reddy, to a certain extent, is also hamstrung by her roster. Her midfield, her best midfield, looks like, I want to say, Carly Lloyd, Sarah Killian, maybe Rocky Rodriguez. But that's because she's been forced to play Christina Gibbons as a fullback when she's emphatically not a fullback. She mm-hmm. should be moving Gibbons up. Like, that midfield could be a lot better with Gibby higher the way Vico played her for FCKC. But her, it looks like her option when she takes Gibby out is Skrosky. Uh, I guess that's not terrible. No, it's not horrible, but it is It is one of those things that says, is this is this her number one? Is this her, her first you know, choice? Yeah. At least they're starting to get Frisbee back. Amanda Frisbee just showed up and started playing games for Sky Blue. I don't know what she was doing before this. They took her in the dispersal draft, and she didn't show up right away. Interesting. Yeah, but now they have a a left-footed left back, which is always a nice thing to have. Right? Like, it feels like Sky Blue has the workings of a a pretty robust squad. They're just not getting any of the numbers. Any of the numbers that they should be getting. And it's it's very weird. Yeah. I think they need to consider pushing Gibbons into that midfield and then I don't know what else to say. I, I, to a certain extent, I agree with Reddy that they've been a little unlucky because I think they should have slightly better results by now, but they're not. I hope they don't have a Breakers-esque season. I hope they don't get blown out like 6-3 or anything like that. <laughs> there's There's a lot more games left. Anything can happen. There are a lot more games left, and I think that we're just now seeing teams uh, hit their stride a bit, uh-huh. um, as evidence in the previous match, the Orlando-North uh, Carolina match. Um, you know, imagine one of those teams playing Sky Blue instead of each other. I mean, but at the same time, North Carolina could play down to mm-hmm. their skill levels. That was the other thing that was really... Uh, frustrating about the Paul Riley method is it seemed like the the skill or the level of play on the pitch really um, was paired to the opponent, mm-hmm. not always to the skill or level of play that the team is capable of. Mm-hmm. One goal, Ashley Hatch, who herself has not really been having a great season, and we'll talk about her later because she didn't get called in to the national team. Mm-hmm. Andy wanna... Sullivan was, you know, on the assist, so she got she got on the board too. Mm, yeah, she she's slowly maybe starting to put herself into gear. I just want to point out that Rose Lavelle came back. She played for the Washington Spirit, and you said that she wouldn't. So, <laughs> so I'm getting my liver ready for when you're out in Portland for the final, and yeah. you make me drink some god awful drink. I gotta I gotta research stuff. How do you feel about creme de menthe? Uh, fine. Okay. Fine, love it, love it. What what about milk? 
I'm a big fan of milk. I, I, milk is, I am not intolerant in any kind, shape, or form. Okay, so like a white Russian? A minty white Russian? Totally. Interesting. Totally. I can totally do a minty white Russian. Okay. Uh, Houston 2, Seattle Rain 1. I'm not sure either of us saw that happening at all. Nope. Uh, no. What was our predict? Hey, what are, what have been our predictions for these matches? So for Orlando, North Carolina, the the one that was Orlando 3, North Carolina 4, I said 1-1, one, one, and you said Orlando would beat North Carolina 2-1. <laughs> yes, we were both really wrong. We didn't even approach point. the right number of goals. No. At least for Washington Sky Blue, you and I knew it would be close. You guessed it exactly. <laughs> you said Washington 1, Sky Blue 0. I said 2-1. Yep. So it was pretty good. And now you for had Houston, a little bit more faith in them scoring goals. Oh, yeah, a little bit more. And then Houston-Seattle, we both said Seattle will beat Houston 1-0. So that's, we we knew it would be close, you know? We figured it would probably be close. Like, I think we both think Houston is kind of, at least they were, on the upswing. You know what I'm saying? They were. Huh. They were. Let's see. Uh, Beviana has opened the scoring early, but then Christy Mewis level. That was a great, just, like, tough goal from her. It was it was spectacular. I I really enjoyed that goal. And then the late winner from Latsko, that was nice for Houston to get at home. It's um, about time they get some wins like that. Yeah, I can I can separate. Someone brought up quite rightly though that on field success can overshadow or negate any problems that might be happening with staff or locker room. Sure. Which. I, I, I can agree with that, but at the same time, be like, is it fair to wish for the players to not do well because I want the organization to feel the repercussions of hiring someone who's reprehensible? I mean, I feel like I feel like it's not fair to wish ill things, but it's a justification for why things aren't going well. So somebody wants the team to not do well on the field. Right. In the hopes that then, oh, if the team is not doing well on the field, they are going to make corrections in the locker room. Yeah, they won't have any excuse to keep the coaching staff on. Right. So the brass ring here is if we do really bad, if we do very poorly, then uh, management will have no choice but to fire the coaching staff. But you don't want your team to do poorly, period. Like, it absolutely masks any locker room issues, but I think teams also can rise above bad coaching. To me, it, what I'm saying is it's not new to want your team to do poorly with the hopes that it will bring about change. And so that's, that's a thing that I don't think is brand new. It's not great, but I don't think it's this controversial thing. I think every fan kind of goes through a phase where they go, something has to change. And as long as we keep winning, mm -hmm. that thing isn't going to change. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. For this game, obviously, again, another team trying to rotate. They only have Rapino play one half. and But even with a full half, it's not like she was able to like drag Seattle to a victory. I think it's credit to Houston staying to you know staying alert until the very last minute i think houston is showing their heart right now 
they're, they're doing a pretty good job. I had was not at all expecting them to overtake Seattle. So uh, that was that was my shocker of the evening was that final, you know, the videos out there, that final 30 seconds where Seattle had the cross, they hit they hit the post or they they hit yeah, they hit the post. And, you know, you, you thought Seattle was putting in a goal, then Houston counters and they get the game winner. Uh, Houston, Houston is on a turn right now. Maybe they had a little momentum shocker, but we'll get to there. We'll get there. Okay. And then Portland Thorns two, Utah Royals zero. I thought that was a pretty fair result. I thought actually it could have been Portland at least three, Utah zero, but you know, three points, three points. I very much enjoyed it. It yeah. was a fun match. It was a, it was the type of match that makes me miss last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and last season was one of those seasons that's just ridiculous and fun and will always have a warm place in my heart. The two things I really liked about this match the were one, Christine Sinclair's goal that just dink mm-hmm. off the post. Um, and two, Angela Salem playing for Portland. She came on in the 58th minute, so uh-huh. she's getting more and more time. I think if Angela Salem can uh, click with Lindsay Horan, that's Celeste Bure to the bench for the rest of the season. Really? Interesting. It's the same kind of partnership, right? Where So Bure and Horan, Bure's kind of counted to be, she needed to be like the steadier one who um, helps set it up for Horan in the midfield to start whatever Thorne's attack, right? Mm-hmm. Salem can do the same thing, but better than Bure, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, Bure is... She's hot and cold. Um, I, I don't think she has consistency. Um, you know, she'll, she'll have an amazing match, and then the next match, she'll falter a bit. And it's... I think that we still haven't found our starting 11 mm-hmm. for the Thorns. And so it's it's one of those things that I kind of want Mark to keep playing around with the roster to try to figure out how do we find that roster that's really going to gel. Now, unfortunately, we're coming up on an international break. So things are, things are going to get all sorts of screwy and wonky and they're going to come back and they're going to play like nobody knows what's up and what's down and how to read each other and all that jazz. Cause that happens every time there's an international break, but thankfully NWSL isn't being horrible about scheduling around those this year. I think uh, the internationals are just going to miss the one, the one match at some point. Um, but I, I think that you're totally hitting the nail on the head about Salem and Bure and uh, a bunch of players that are kind of on that bubble. And it really depends on uh, from day to day, are they inside the bubble or outside the bubble? Another moment of excitement, uh, Megan Klingenberg was about ready to throw some hands. <laughs> um, really? Tell me about it. Don't don't be don't be sarcastic. You guys know all about it. You guys know how Kling like lost her temper, even though I think Corsi was trying to do the nice thing and check on you know the player who was hurt on the ground. It was Heath, and Kling was like uh, just shoves her off, 
and mm-hmm. you know they're ready to start and Serna Gorsevich comes running over and then Purse tries to get in there Abby, like Diana Matheson and Abby Smith are trying to the ref is being ineffective Sink has to come over and be like alright 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 just break it up break it up Sink had to be the adult like she always has to be the adult she had to be the Canadian she had to be the Canadian and come over and just tell everybody to simmer down it's like your dad coming down to the basement for the sleepover and being like go to sleep Right? Like, totally busting up, you know, some uh, a PlayStation tournament that is getting a little too rowdy. I, I particularly, like, I don't know. It's, it's not that I am a fan of um, hot-headed players or anything like that, but it, it is kind of interesting to see them, to see the teams not be besties. It is good to see actual rivalry right non-manufactured yeah Yeah, like actually no we don't like this team and we don't need to be friends on or off the field um just there were there were three different instances where blood was drawn this match didn't and i don't think any of them were like wwe or ufc style but um becky uh uh sauerbrunn had to go off um, with uh, something something happened to her eyebrow. It was a ball to the face directly, I think. No, that wasn't why she drew blood, though. What hit her in the uh, face? Yeah, she went up She went up for a header, and she made contact with the back of someone's head. Oh, right, right, right. And, and had to be sent off because she was a bloody mess. Mm. Um, Lindsay Horan had to be sent off for blood on her, like, knee or thigh or something like that. And then there was a... Uh, another Utah player that had to be sent off at some point for for bloodiness and you know again not condoning violence but it is interesting to kind of see the tempo and the tone difference when there is uh, no love lost mm-hmm. between the teams. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm all for it if Portland Utah is the next big rivalry, right? That that would be pretty cool. Good job, Utah. You know, your first year in the league, and you've already made a an opposite fr- of a friend. I'm not going to say right? enemy, but like not friend. That's the way to do it. Quite frankly, like you come in, you stir stuff up, you create interest. Pe- you know, you get people to take sides. That's how you get people invested in sports, right? Like that's how that's how you create history. Um, that's how you create uh, <laughs> these memories. It's not. It's it's not to say that rivals need to be cutthroat and need to have decades of history. I mean, we don't have decades of history in NWSL yet, but I think that we have these memorable matches where teams really went at it. Mm-hmm. They played physical, they played for every single ball, and as a result, I think sometimes we get beautiful matches and sometimes we get god awful ugly matches like what we saw at the at the NWSL final last year. Yeah, I didn't have to say it. You just went right to the number one example. I I think it is the number one example. Yeah. I mean, I'm really excited for uh the match this week for Portland mainly because it's against North Carolina and I really really don't like that team. Okay. Well then let's run through the rest of these results so you can get to your score prediction against the team you don't like okay saturday the other bonkers game chicago two orlando five so over the course of two games orlando scored eight goals 
That's ridiculous. Um, although this time it was definitely because Chicago's defense like had a mind for it. I don't. It was bad. Orlando's de- or Chicago's defense like, was go very back bad. and watch all five of those goals. Like maybe Alyssa Nair could have done a little bit more on some of them, but not much. I she just got hung out to dry. If I'm Alyssa Nair after that, I go to the locker room. I put like a cold towel over my head. I'm like, no defender is allowed to speak to me for the next seventy two hours. I'm just like every defender opens a bar tab for you at some point. It's like if I call you and I say drive me to Chipotle, you do it. Right next week. It's it was it was just not not great. Um, Sydney Larue got a, got her first uh, Orlando points. She got a brace. I thought she got she, a brace. She looked fine. She looked like she was having fun. Her right? and Morgan and Marta were all out there. That that's the Orlando that I think people were expecting when they see their roster. Instead of LaRue just kind of struggling around trying to get deep to the end line and then nothing happening. Um, I thought Sam Kerr was going to get her first hat trick of the season. Me too. Um, I do like uh, the combination of Kerr and Nakasato. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, really enjoy Nakasato's vision. Um, and I think Kerr is the perfect player for her to play opposite. Uh, and that was a pairing that was really um, brought to my attention first by our friend Ange Harrison, um, who, when we were watching the preseason tournament up at the University of Portland, she was like, man, they're going to score so many goals this year. And there's, that's starting to come true. I think they could have scored more. Kerr might have gotten that hat trick with a little more support underneath from Julie Ertz, but she just kind of was mediocre this game. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She, they just needed more out of her. They needed that really punchy Julie Ertz, and they got kind of tepid Julie Ertz. Like, how does... Okay, so here's the thing, is mentality of playing for club versus country. Mm-hmm. What do you think's in that? Like, what do you think is the sports psychology behind some players who could find the next level? When they're playing for cl- Don, for country, Don Scott puts and, motivation in their water. Pure motivation. She found someone. pure motivation. Yeah, she U.S. F- soccer is located in Chicago. Like the Red Stars need to figure out how to tap into that <laughs> and put some of that in in those Gatorade bottles in their deep dish pizza, their casseroles. Maybe they need more motivation casserole. I don't know. Maybe that should be the name of this episode: more motivation casserole. Right. And then another result that I thought was almost as surprising as Seattle losing was Seattle only winning by one against Sky Blue. Like, Rapino had plenty of room to operate that I saw. They had, like, on one side, like, Fishlock, Rapino, and Utsugi able to attack against, like, Sarah Killian and Gibbons, who's not, as we noted, a fullback. Feels like there could have been a lot of chaos happening. And Seattle only managed one goal. It's ridiculous. Like I don't, I don't understand what's happening with Seattle and the irregularities that they have. But they keep busting out wins. Yeah, it doesn't matter so whether it's by an inch or a mile. Maybe they they can be irregular. Let's see. So this was their Seattle. They they did have that Wednesday game. So mm-hmm. against Houston, against where Houston, lost. where they lost. So. Even if they were like, oh, we have to avenge the loss, it's they still had to travel from Houston all the way to Piscataway. I doubt they went back to Seattle and then hit Piscataway. 
that would be logistically irresponsible. You know, I was kind of hoping that Sky Blue might get a point out of this until even after Seattle scored that goal. I, I really thought, you know, it only takes a moment. And I think Sky Blue's, you know, capable of creating that moment here against Seattle. We're looking at the stats. Seattle, nine shots. Sky Blue, ten shots. Seattle, uh-huh. six on goal. Sky Blue, four on goal. And then Seattle, 10 crosses, Sky Blue, 21 crosses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, New Jersey was putting the pressure on there. Yeah. It's it's just, let's talk about Megan Rapino for a hot second. Okay. We don't talk about her much, so now we should talk about her. Well, you know, <laughs> what? what is in her water? What is her motivation water right now? Because how many matches has she scored a goal in this season? Like, how many... How many goals does Megan Rapinoe have? She's bottling up Sue Bird's sweat and just like chugging it down. Disgusting. <laughs> that is absolutely disgusting. And that's what she's doing. It's it, She's uh, drinking success and electrolytes. And Gross. yes, Megan Rapinoe has five goals on the season that right now. That's disgusting. Just behind sink. Yes. Who, I'm sorry, who has more? Christine Sinclair. Oh, she plays for the Portland yes. Thorns. She's the team captain. Say it again. Christine Sinclair has the most goals oh, in Ubisoft right now. I love it. Disgusting. She has three assists, too. Banner season. Banner season. Ages like a fine wine. Oh, my God. You sound like me. She plays on my team. <laughs> She's my captain. Okay, okay. I have to have feelings. I know. I have to have feelings. That's another good name for this episode. Okay. And then last game. Ugh. Like was a roller coaster of emotions. Houston dash three, Washington spirit two. I mean, go go Houston. Go Houston. Pull them one out in the end. It sucks. What happened to Christy Mewis? What happened to Christy Mewis? It was early on. It was only like the nineteenth minute. She something happened to her knee. It looked like, and then she went off, and then they let her go back in, and she was trying to like. It looked like she was trying to cut or brace or something, and the leg just collapsed underneath her. And then Houston called it like a really bad sprain, I think. But Christy tweeted and she said the the letters A, C, and L. So Thanks. she's out rest of the season, which sucks because I thought she looked good for the dash. Mm-hmm. Like extremely solid, consistent, not necessarily always a game changer, but reliable. And then, you know, her connection to Rachel Daly was going to probably be good for the Houston Dash getting I think that's probably good for at least a goal every three games if not more between the two of them maybe that's a little bit generous but we'll see how they how Houston adjusts to this I think maybe this means some adjustments for Monashim oh let's not forget they didn't have Kai Simon available for this match he was a late scratch which meant Shim played higher but maybe mm-hmm. they drop Shim into that Mewis role and return Simon to her kind of attacking mid role. That would be freeing her up quite a bit. Yeah. Allowing her to roam a little bit more. Shim does pretty well when you drop her deeper. She's got, I think, decent accuracy and distribution. I would like to see Mona Shim get more time. She was making things happen for Houston. Although... To be fair, Washington was giving her so much space. I don't know what Andy Sullivan was doing. There were points where literally she would just back off of whatever Houston players in the midfield and literally like point at the ball. It's like, why are you pointing at the ball? That's your job. Close down the space. Step to the player. 
what's going on, Andy? Are you suddenly afraid of like five foot two Monashim? I think so she- much fear. So much fear. I'm very sorry, Monashim. She's five four. <laughs> I am offended. You would think I would know because I have met Monashim in person. Um, and I'm five five, and yeah, now that I think about it, she's definitely not five two. Like I wasn't looking down that far at her. Wow, I owe Mon an apology. Yeah, you should uh, definitely call her. Okay, I will. I'll text my friend Monashim. We 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 WhatsApp. We don't text. We're, we're cool kids. You're that you're that close. Yeah, millennials. See how it is. Okay. So you're that close with the head of M- NWSL marketing. No, the whole A and E, the president oh, of A and E, the whole thing. Annie, president of Annie, you have Monashim on WhatsApp. Yep, dude, you are a mover and a shaker. Yes, I, uh, I, I control way more than people think I do. You absolutely do. This is this is ridiculous. I can't even poop when I want these days. Can I think? <laughs> I think I have any control over anything, like even my own life. Speaking of things that are out of control, new women's national team roster. We said we'd get to it. Here it is. Some surprises here. For me, nice surprises for some of them. I'm, you know, you you know me. I'm always on the Abby Smith and Midge Purse train. Uh, but Merritt Mathias getting called in. She is a fullback on one of the steadier defensive teams Maybe Jill is counting on Dahlkemper and Matthias to kind of create a little unit there. But as we've talked about before, fullback is a problem right now for Jill Ellis. Taylor Smith appears to be really on the struggle bus. Jaylene Hinkle is out of consideration for, I think we can pretty solidly guess, non-soccer reasons. Casey Short is hurt. Megan Klingenberg, for some reason, is out as well. Klingenberg had her defensive liabilities, but I think Purse has way more defensive liabilities than Kling. Right? Like, it's just, oh, it's, I, but new people. Maybe the theme, maybe the theme is rotation. Maybe. I get, right? yeah, I mean, it is China. Even, look, if you slash this roster in half and then you added, you know, some pretty good NWSL players, we would still get a result against China, I think. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to play against China. Um, I think, I think there's uh, plenty of opportunity to experiment with some new things. Uh, you know, the, the one the one name on here that I'm really freaking excited about, A-Rod. Amy Rodriguez is back. She's back, yo. I don't necessarily know that she's one to keep around through 2019. She has one goal, one assist for Utah, although... So far. So far. Although I don't know that that's totally reflective of her value as a forward. And, you know, A-Rod, when she gets going, she gets going. The thing is, will Jill Ellis play her for more than 20 minutes? Uh, I I want to see A-Rod get a start. I want to see her play a full 90. And I'm interested in seeing what Jill Ellis does with Savannah McCaskill. She has her listed here as a forward, but thus far, she's really been experimenting with McCaskill either in that right midfield position or letting her play as a 10 as opposed to Sky Blue where McCaskill is pretty much an out and out forward although they will drop her into midfield if they feel they need to react that way I'm I'm pretty interested in that I also want to see if Morgan Bryan gets any time she hasn't been playing for Lyon she's still dealing with whatever 
long-term injury. Maybe her still her hamstring? I don't know. She didn't even dress for the Champions League final. Well, I mean, if it's the final and you haven't dressed at all, why would you play? Yeah, exactly. But, like, so she goes over there, signs a 2.5-year contract. We're, like, half a year into that by now because she signed well, at the beginning of the maybe year. maybe she signed a really, she really signed a two-year contract. Two-and-a-half-year contract. It goes through 2020. Well, I know, but I'm saying, like, maybe this is the half year that doesn't count. Yeah, I want to see if Brian gets any time or if she's just been called in for basically assessment. And then we'll see what happens with McCall. Is Jill going to start a Mewis, McCall's, or Boney midfield? Good God. <laughs> That's a bulldozer waiting to happen. What if she starts Sir Boney, Allie Long, and Sam Mewis all at the same time? <laughs> oh my God. They're just going to play Red Rover, Red Rover in the middle. And obviously, I would love to see Abby Smith get some time. But uh, I think Jill's just going to play Listen Air for both games. Right, and it's going to be so dumb. Give Abby Smith one game and give Casey Murphy one game. You call her over from fucking Montpellier. Right? Like, just give the kids a chance. It's China. What's the worst that could happen? We lose, and it's not the first time. Yeah, exactly. We're in between She Believes and Tournament of Nations. If we lose to China, I don't really think that's the worst thing ever for the program's viability. I just, I feel like we're beyond, like, we're beyond the point of needing to care about meaningless friendlies and winning. We're at the point where really we need to focus on development, development, development. Mm -hmm. Okay, though, Devil's devil's Avocado, Liz Lemon. Let's say she does give Abby Smith and Casey Murphy one cap each then it only really becomes development if she continues to give them sporadic time, you know, all the way through World Cup qualifying. Is she really going to do that, do you think? like Maybe. I mean, so so what's the benefit of putting different keepers in there, right? So what what is the holistic, the three, the, the 180 degree benefits, 360 degrees of benefits of playing a brand new keeper? <laughs> You get to experiment with how they play with the defense, right? Like you get defenders' reactions and impressions. But I also think that you can't necessarily start a new keeper with a new defense. So if if Ellis is going to play a new keeper, she needs to have Becky and Julie back there so that they can provide her with real feedback. So if it could be something where you're in a situation where you're like, well, I think we actually are okay with our number one and number two right now, even though they're playing questionably for their clubs. I think, you know, what we really need to do is make sure that we have our defense in order. So I'm focused on defense. What I don't want to see is the Harlem Globetrotters out on that pitch. I don't want to see an 8-0 blowout. I want to see actual experimentation, like thoughtful testing of a hypothesis and then adjustment based on what you learn the scientific well, method you save the 8-0 blowout for the celebration series right the, like the money that's, makers, that's the when sellers. the 8-0 blowout is is warranted or wanted it's when we celebrate hey we just won the world cup we just earned a fourth star we just won the olympics again let's let's actually put the harlem globetrotters out on display but when it's not that, and when we're actually building to a major tournament, I'm completely fine losing, you know, two to one. 
as long as it's experimental. What I'm not fine with is losing two to one with the Harlem Globetrotters out there. As ever, we will see. Uh, the two games are June 7th and 12th, both weekday games. That's, I think, a Tuesday and a Thursday. How much do you think TV schedule had to do with that? I don't know. Game one is going to be on FS1. Game two is on ESPN2. Well, we're right in the middle of what? And NHL playoffs and basketball playoffs? Yeah, NBA Finals schedule... They've got games from May 31st through June 17th. And yeah, there's a there's games June 6th, June 8th, June 11th. But those are all on ESPN, ABC. Does Fox ABC. Sports not have anything? No, ABC got it. ABC got N- N- NBA Finals. It looks I like. know, but does Fox Sports do uh, the NHL stuff? Because isn't hockey also happening at the same time? It's, it's NBC and ah. NBCSN. Um, but, Interesting. But, but I think you might actually be right, though, in that they also don't want to be competing with those games. I mean, maybe they're thinking? Uh, there is a Stanley Cup playoff game. Well, it's game five, so they might not ever reach it. But there's one June 7th. That would be that would be direct competition. But other than that, yeah, the June 12th game avoids, I think, both NBA and NHL. Crazy. I mean, game scheduling is a is a tricky thing. There's so much logistically that needs to happen. So uh, I'm not necessarily going to grumble too much about getting weekday games for these two random ass friendlies that aren't going to count. They're not going to be like big time ticket sellers. Hopefully Rio Tinto and uh, Cleveland both come out. But, you know, if if both of these games manage to get like 15,000 ish, I think I'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, that'll be that'll be fine for midweek. I mean, I'm also not complaining about not having a weekend match. Um, I I think it's smart to not put the women's national team versus China up against playoffs. It it'll it'll be interesting to see what comes of this. I mean, <laughs> I I feel like I'm a broken record when it comes to U.S. soccer and the way I feel about these things, mm-hmm. but it it is what it is. So those are the games coming up. Let's make some quick score predictions. We've got five games this weekend for NWSL Week 10 starting tomorrow. If you're listening to this podcast, it's probably day of game. It's probably right before kick. (laughs) All right. We've got Portland at home against North Carolina Courage. It's a midweek game. Um, Portland played Friday, and North Carolina last played... It was a bye last Wednesday. week for them. Yeah, so it's been a week for them. So Portland's on shorter rest. Who you got? Portland, two, Carolina, zero. Ooh. We're going to hand our first loss to Carolina. We're going to hand Carolina their first loss in our house in- because we're we're feeling it. I'll call this 2-1 for Portland. North Carolina will do their thing where they make 30 shots Four of them will be on target, and only one will go in. I mean, that was Portland's recipe up until three weeks ago, so. <laughs> or up until two weeks ago, I should say, so. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. Oh, yeah. uh, next one we've got in Maryland uh, versus Chicago. So, you know, these two squads uh, have kind of been riding a little bit of a roller coaster recently. Why don't you go first? Well, keep in mind, I think national team camp starts beginning of June. They're going to mm-hmm. be gone. So Washington is not going to have... Are they losing anybody, actually? 
I don't think Washington is actually losing anybody. Which did they did they not call up the uh, the twenty year old? Oh, pew, Mel pew, pew. Pew's injured. Oh, Pew got injured oh, in the last game. Uh, I totally missed that. Somebody reported she like was in a wheelchair after the last game. She had to come off early, it, like in the last before the last couple of minutes, and she didn't I return. Tol- I totally missed that. Yeah. So Pew's, Pew's out. My bad. My bad. Pew's out for Washington, but Chicago may not have Julie Ertz. So they're going to have to compensate for that. You know what? Maybe Spirit will finally figure it out. I'll call this one <clears throat> one nothing for Washington. Oh. Um, I'm going to actually call this 0-1 to one Chicago. Oh my. Yeah, so we're total opposites. Watch, this is the seven-pointer for the week. <laughs> I mean, that would be fun. I wouldn't mind it. I I'm, I apologize to fans of both teams because I know that's really stressful, but I would not mind like a five four game here. Right, that wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be bad. Not for us. All not right. for us, but for those fans, that's the roller coaster I do not want to be on. Just for that, you know what's going to happen in the Portland North Stop Carolina it. game. Stop it. Okay, Sky Blue Stop. at home hosting Utah Royals. I am going to say, unfortunately, 0-2-2 to two Utah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Is this the one? I don't think it is. One nothing for Utah. <laughs> is this the one? Unfortunately not. You know what we should do one of these uh, years is we should use dice to predict, be a third score prediction. Oh, so like just random choice if just a random right dice roll can be right more than we are yeah um so maybe change the six to a zero and and we just roll dice instead or or we get a magic eight ball and we like a customized magic eight ball and just shake it and see what the score is i would say flip a coin that doesn't count for ties Houston Dash hosting North Carolina Courage at home. And keep in mind, this is after North Carolina is going to play Portland, which I think... And they're losing national team players. Yes, they're losing a hell of a lot of national team players. A lot of them. They're out. Abby Dahlkemper, Merritt Mathias. So that's half their starting back line. Um, They're also losing Sam Mewis. They're losing Crystal Dunn. Yeah, but they're not losing Lynn Williams. Interesting. They're losing Zerboni. Zerboni, though. Losing Zerboni and Mewis out of the midfield and losing Dal Kemper and Matthias out of the back. Right, way to go, Houston. That was that was quite the draw. I believe, Houston. I mean, I'm sitting here going like, man, why why are we playing them on Wednesday? We play them on Saturday. So uh North Carolina Courage will be forced to roster rotate no matter what. I'll call this and Houston's at home, and they're Houston's probably at home. they're gonna be playing for KM nineteen, exactly, three to two for Houston. Right? Isn't that wild? It's gonna be zero zero now because I said that. I'm gonna go one to nothing, Houston. Okay, okay, we're rooting for you, Houston. We are. We we think the that the if field. Portland, we think Portland is gonna gonna you know take them to ten rounds, and then you guys just get to clean clean up. <laughs> Is that is that a sports analogy? I think that's an analogy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Houston's fifth now. They're right behind you guys in the standings. Thirteen points. Portland has fifteen points. They've been on a tear. All right, and last game, uh, Seattle hosting Orlando Pride. I think you get to go first for this one. Well, 
Don't forget, because there were other international call-ups. Aha, here it is. Utah Royals are losing Desi Scott, Diana Matheson, Thorsness, Corsi, Jan's daughter, and Katie Bowen. Jesus. Yeah. So. Wait, what's happened to Becky? Janine Becky went to Canada. Like, and they're then missing all their Americans, too. Yeah. Utah's gutted. Wow, we thought it was bad for North Carolina. Uh-huh. Do you do you want to revise our Sky Blue Utah predictions? We both said Utah was going to win. Okay, we need to go back. Sky Blue hosting Utah. But if Sky Blue <laughs> is losing, like, McCaskill and Lloyd, Utah is losing everybody. Uh, they sent out Utah, a press release. Utah is calling up the reserves. They said in the first week of June, they're losing Desi Scott, Diana Matheson, Thorsness, Corsi, Jan's daughter, and Bowen. Plus From Canada. Yeah, plus they're probably going to lose Sauerbrunn, Abby Smith. So... <laughs> Congratulations on your first win, Sky Blue. If Sky Blue can't win with Utah gutted. I'm gonna at home. At home. At home. This is gonna be Sky Blue's win. They're gonna win one nothing against Utah now. I believe. I'm doing two to nothing. Ooh, we flipped all right. Okay. We 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 are not loyal by <laughs> any means. Uh these two drunk fans ain't loyal. Okay. Nope. We so, can be bought. Final final game. Reason. Seattle hosting Orlando. I guess it comes down to, do I trust Seattle's bench or Orlando's bench more? I'm going with 0-0. You know what? Maybe I have a little more faith in Seattle's bench. one nothing Seattle. Yikes. We're locked in. These scores don't have any personal or financial consequences for us, but we're locked in. Okay, five games this weekend, and then uh, U.S. national teams are playing. There's one game in that FIFA window, Sky Blue Washington. We'll, uh, we'll probably get to that. But, yeah, after, after this weekend, we get a little break, too. Yeah, we do. We, we, get to, we get to not record for a little while. Yeah. So, sorry, everybody, but we're going to take the opportunity to take some time off in the FIFA window, and then we'll be mm-hmm. back with national team recaps. I mean, hopefully, hopefully, good, cool, fun stuff happens in these games, and not like dumb, useless stuff. That's my. It would be nice. Opinion. It would be nice if there's, you know, the dumb, useless stuff I'm tired of, and we're getting close enough to World Cup qualifying for a, a lot of uh, these international players. So hopefully, it's a thing that you know works out, works out well, and shows actual development, and not just a goal fest. Just calm down, all right. Show actual development, please. Who do you think? We I are? I have expectations, and unfortunately, U.S. soccer never meets them. Oh. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I have expectations, and unfortunately, they never meet them. Maybe your sex tape. All right, thanks for oh. another episode of Two Drunk Fans. Oh.